When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey Mets fans, welcome back to Amazing Avenue Audio, the show. My name is Brian, with me as always is Chris. Chris, we're recording this Wednesday night on May 25th. The Mets just uh, lost their second series of the year. This time they lost to the uh, San Francisco Giants. The first game of the series, they won handily. The second game was one of the wilder games in recent memory. They lost on a walk-off in the ninth after coming back coming back from, I believe at one point it was 8-2, to two, was the, uh, the deficit, and they came back. And lost was it thirteen to twelve? The final score, I believe, is that correct? Yeah, that that is correct. And then today, that's, that's what the internet told me when I woke yeah, up. Same, yes. <laughs> I, 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 we, mo- we both must admit we, uh, we chose to go to bed before the end of that game. And uh, today, the Mets lost um, nine to three. So a, a series in which the Mets scored a lot of runs but didn't win a lot of games. Before that, they took two of three from Colorado, and. Um, you know, I think it's always good at this point in the season just to do a basic check-in, sort of see how you're feeling about everything at this point. So I don't think losing a series is the end of the world, especially because they are now, I believe it's 4-3 and three on, the se- on the season against the Giants, who won 107 games last year. So that's a pretty good place to be. And the Mets weren't going to win every series every you know throughout the entire year. So uh, I'm not expecting you to be totally panicked, but uh, how are you feeling about the Mets right now? Still pretty good. Um, it definitely helped. I think I said this to you in, in uh, Slack earlier today, but it helped to not stay awake for the game last night. 
and and absorb the beginning of this one immediately coming off of that because um being normally rested as opposed to totally exhausted following <laughs> and, and it, i don't think this is uh i don't think this is a pair of games that's gonna sink the Mets season or anything like that but um when do you have the kind of comeback that they had in the night game and then you have a lead uh in the eighth and the ninth and both of those relievers blow the leads and you lose the game um i i think i tend to be pretty chill about mets losses in the regular season at this point in in my fandom uh that one would have pissed me off (laughs) well it just feels like you know you come back twice to then not win it it just feels really uh i don't know disappointing it's a climactic frustrating insert your choice of uh disappointed word here yeah yeah so to, to do that and then have the day game today just go completely down the toilet immediately um it helped to not see a big part of that so um I, but i do still think they'll be fine they, they they get the phillies this weekend um they have an off day tomorrow uh, today as you're listening to this for the first time in in a while a scheduled off day anyway mm-hmm. um, yeah, they have off day then phillies then nationals that that's the cure for a uh tired team yeah yeah and i i think people looking at the stretch and I, I know that they have the west coast trip even though they were just on the west coast but not for very long um but i know they have more games coming up out there uh, i know the dodgers are good i know the angels are good uh, and the Padres, Padres are, are good too. Right. Um, but <clears throat> they have some breaks in the schedule in, in terms of how tough their opponents are, uh, starting with the homestand, just six games, but still. Uh, and then afterwards, you know, the Brewers are pretty good, but the Marlins aren't. And they get to play the Marlins a bunch in the second half of this month. They haven't seen them yet this year. Um and it's crazy that we're uh, that talking about games in July already. But it, I don't know. They're, July starts with the Rangers, Reds, and Marlins. Again, like bad, bad, bad. Um, right. So I am not going to enter that stretch in L.A., San Diego, and Anaheim thinking that the Mets are, uh, you know, doomed especially if they have a good homestand. If it's a bad road trip, it's a bad road trip. But let's worry about that if and when it happens. Yeah, you know, I I think it's easy for us to get into this habit of thinking that the Mets, because they haven't had a losing streak really this season, that it's not going to happen. It's probably going to happen. That also means there'll probably be a winning streak at some point. And those things tend to cancel each other out a little bit in the long run. Very few teams can keep doing what the Mets do, which is just winning two of three, two of three or three of four of every series and just continuing on. These things are going to have ups and downs. You know, that West Coast trip worries me a little bit just because the Mets have built a nice lead up in the National League East, but it's not an insurmountable lead. And if they go on that road trip and they lose all three series and another team gets hot around the same time, the Mets could, you know, theoretically, you know, have a tougher start tougher time keeping that uh, first base, first place in the division, uh, you know, spot going. But also, you know, 
the Mets are without Scherzer. They're without DeGrom. They're without James McCann, even though I don't know how much of a big deal that is. They're without uh, McGill right now. You know, the Mets are down a few players. And so I think you expect the team when battling injuries to lose some games. And that's not the end of the world either. You know, I, I think you and I both tend to be pretty uh, calm about this stuff until it gives us reason not to be. And it just seems to me like by the time the Mets are back from the West Coast road trip, they're probably going to, ha- they hopefully will have McGill back. You know, Trevor May, I think, is going to be ready around that time. I think McCann will be ready around that time. And then July, like you said, starts off real easy. Then there's the All Star break. Then after that, you hope Scherzer and DeGrom are on their way back pretty soon as well. So it seems to me like if the Mets can just, if they can just keep around 500 in terms of not, not their total record, 500 from here to the All-Star break. If they can do that, they are, in my opinion, still in the catbird seat for the division, and they'll be getting some reinforcements then. And hopefully they won't have to wait that long for reinforcements because if there's one thing that today's game started by former big-time prospect Thomas Zapucky has taught us, it's that the Mets are in desperate need of some pitching help. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about how the Mets have managed to you know have a little bit of depth this year but with injuries to three of their top six pitchers we are really seeing the dregs of the depth right now uh before i turn it over to you i do want to say just that um a a name that i think i can't speak for you that i was not necessarily expecting to be a major contributor for the mets this year but has been excellent so far has been Trevor Williams who tossed uh, three and two thirds innings of scoreless relief today and who started on Saturday against the, uh, the Rockies and Williams is just, I mean, he, he's not the second coming of uh, Tom Seaver or anything, but he just been a very solid piece out of the bullpen and spot starts for them. And so, um, you know, thank God they have Trevor Williams. But, you know, like I said, we're seeing sort of the end of their real depth right now. There is There are still players in AAA, obviously, but those are not as serious considerations as, as the players we've seen so far. So um, you had said this to me in a DM before, just basically, you know, like this, hopefully this wakes Steve Cohen up to the fact that they need some pitching. And I don't disagree. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I know <clears throat> I know it's still May, for a few more days anyway. And I know it maybe is not the easiest time to go get a guy, um, but it doesn't have to be an amazing guy. You just need somebody to fill in. And the, the fact they had to go to Zipucky had as much to do with the double header as, um, as the injuries, uh, the combination of the two, but it still happened. It felt like a, um, oh, what was his name? Jared Eikhoff. Yep. It felt like one of those starts from last year. Uh, those happened in a very different context when the Mets were <clears throat> sort of desperately in need of a win and <laughs> trotting him out there. Um, if you have to learn that Zapucky is not your major league solution for a spot start um, or, or a brief stint in the rotation, at least they did it at a time of year that they have a large division lead and are still well over 500 despite the loss. Um, so, yeah, I don't have the name. I, I don't know who the person is um, who, who fits the bill. But there are some 
very bad teams out there hmm. uh, who probably have some guys who it can be a competent starting pitcher for a bit. And, uh, and look, we, we talked about it a little early in this season. Um, we we've been through it as Mets fans, even without any major injuries. And I would still, maybe this is being generous, but I would still not classify Scherzer or DeGrom as major right now, despite significant absences. Um, for me, that that's rising to the level major would be, uh, you know, out for the rest of the season types of injuries. So even without any injuries that have gotten to that level thus far, um, it's just hard to have your best five starting pitchers healthy at the same time. Um, you know, it it wasn't unique to Harvey, Wheeler, Syndergaard, Mats, and uh, DeGrom. Again, mm-hmm. the last time I rattled them off, I forgot him too. The <laughs> <laughs> best one by far. Um yeah, that guy. Uh, but <laughs> it wasn't just, oh, they're young pitchers coming up with the Mets. Of course, they got hurt. It's they're, they're five pitchers. It's very hard to have any five pitchers be completely healthy at the same time. Um, uh, f- former Mets podcaster uh, Toby Hyde used to say, pitchers break is what they do. Yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, I, re- I remember those days. Um, so... Yeah, I I usually would like to have a suggestion for this sort of thing of who they should go get. Um, but anybody will do, and that person might be somebody who stays in the mix as a, as a back-end kind of guy um, beyond the short-term need. And, and we hope it is a short-term need. And... Uh, I don't. I'm not going to apologize for being somewhat optimistic that Scherzer would be not sidelined for too long, but I will say I was wrong. <laughs> we are both very wrong. Don't worry. I um, mean, he he made it sound not too bad after the game, and I was like, well, you know, the hamstring. He he yeah. he, he was right about that, so maybe he's he, right about this. He knows his body better than we do, et cetera, et cetera. Right? But yeah. So uh, the only suggestion that I've seen out there is uh, Mike Puma tweeted that the Mets may consider Connor Gray, who is a triple-A arm. Uh, a team official mentioned to him, mentioned Gray to Puma as, quote, this year's Tyler McGill. Uh, he hasn't allowed a run in his last three starts in Syracuse. So, you know, maybe there's some internal help, but I don't think, I mean, I, I, that would be a lovely surprise, but I don't think Gray is ready necessarily. And I would also note that if the Mets are going to trade for somebody, I don't know who they have that has any value right now that isn't more valuable to the Mets than it is the trade piece. I mean, they've been starting Dom Smith a couple times a week now, maybe trying to heat him up a little bit, maybe get him ready for the trading block. Maybe Dom Smith can net you a uh, a back end of the rotation type starter. I'm not really sure. Um, is there any is there anything that wouldn't include trading Smith or JD Davis that you could think of as a as a movable player right now? Um, not not a specific name, but when you look at the list of the team's top prospects right now, um, I don't know. They got Chris Bassett for not all that much. In, in right. terms of prospect uh, capital or whatever you want to call it, 
I still feel as weird. I try to avoid <clears throat> referring to players as currency, um, <laughs> even though I just did. But they they didn't give up that much in terms of uh, the type of prospect in that trade. And that was for a very good pitcher, right? So I, I don't know <clears throat> the specific name, but another one of those types of deals of uh, a name or two from maybe the top uh, 25 list that, that we have on the site. Obviously, two of them were traded for Bassett, but um, something like that. Uh, it, oh, so-and-so pitcher. Uh, at, like Luis Castillo, one, he's, he's kind of struggled so far uh, since he started his 2022 season. Um, but he figures to be the type of guy that you're going to have to trade. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big names, at least for despite a slightly inflated ERA, uh, to start this season. So I don't think they need that. Um, just a question of finding that Cromulent pitcher who's on a terrible team, who won't uh, take much. Yeah. For the B or C level prospect or two. Uh, and look, the, the guys who break out out of nowhere, it was funny. I was talking to somebody about sort of where the Mets were um, yesterday morning, I think. And I was not looking forward to the Zapucky start. And I said, look, a year ago, right now, uh, Tyler McGill was in double A. So I don't want to say it's impossible. I don't want to – you just don't know. Right. Um, but I think any negative assumptions were warranted, and uh, it wasn't necessarily a surprising outing today. It also doesn't mean Zipaki can never be a useful major league pitcher in, in some capacity. Um, but major league starter right now, he is not. Correct. And uh, I thought Gary Cohen did a nice job outlining it, outlining it on the broadcast today, how Zapucky was drafted, then got hurt, then there was COVID, and so he hasn't pitched very much in his professional career. And so maybe he needs another year or two to, uh, you know, to get his arm in shape. But the problem is he's no kid anymore, and I just don't know how much longer a team would put up with, not put up with, that's how I'm going to put it, but how much longer they would make him a priority to keep on the roster. Let's put it that way. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
But uh, speaking of a priority on the roster, the Mets came to terms with Chris Bassett, who was the only player who they did not come to terms with ahead of the seasons. They were going to arbitration, but they agreed on a $8.8 million contract, I believe it was. Um, and is that correct or does that sound low? Yeah, no, I think that's where they settled. Yeah. Uh, with a mutual option for 2023. Bassett has said how much he enjoys playing here. He wants to stick around. I think this is overall a very, very good thing. That's a very reasonable price for the pitcher that you're getting in Bassett this season. And the mutual option is a nice bit for next year as well. Um, any hot take on this? Or are you just happy Bassett's back in the fold officially? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to not have to go to the arbitration hearing. Bassett spoke about that. Um, everything we know about it as uh, fans, it sounds like an awkward process at best, if not an insulting one. Um, so glad they settled. Uh, he, obviously he was here this year, no matter what, but uh, the mutual option seems like it was probably unlikely for him to pick it up on his side if he stays healthy and continues on like this. But um it's definitely nice that it's there and it sort of the qualifying offer still exists right but i forget how it all works now yeah i think it does <laughs> i should know this <laughs> we should know this but but it was one of those things that was debated so much in this new cba right um and i it, it wouldn't necessarily preclude that process um yeah i should know more about this before i bring up the topic <laughs> but it, it, it's like a friendlier version of that is but that's the point i'm trying to make whether or not it, it still exists uh, we'll do our research and and have a more definitive answer next week but um it's a friendlier version of that right uh hey here's a, a deal of what you know you would basically be worth as a one-year guy um if we both happen to think that that's in our best interest then great and if not then i don't think the mets will be offended uh or abandoned pursuit of retaining him so obviously from a selfish perspective as a fan uh I hope they both sign that, you know, pick that option up and, and we get two years of him uh, mm -hmm. in, in the, you know, in this rotation. So yeah, we'll see, but always, always nice. It's better to hear that there's some chance of a player that we like being retained than none. Right. Exactly. And we had many years of none. Um, <laughs> that, that, the fact that they even extended David Wright in the previous era was a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there were lots of players that we loved that walked and then you would get like that last ill-advised Luis Castillo contract or the second go round of Jay Bruce where nobody was really excited about it. You bring back a player people thought was good, but not great. This seems like an opportunity to bring back a player who's a great fit for the team and who clearly is enjoying being here. Yeah, yeah. I think in um, I think it was the Athletic that had a story about the uh, the contract avoiding arbitration, et cetera. And 
um, in it, I believe it was Adam Adovino who was saying something along the lines of uh, Bassett sort of has the command of the clubhouse that DeGrom or Scherzer have. Uh, and you're talking about two guys who are very well established. Uh, it, we're not in the clubhouse, so I don't know what DeGrom is like in there. Uh, but right. we've, we've seen some clips uh, recently with celebrating Eduardo Escobar hitting 10 years of Major League Service. Uh, we got to see Scherzer speaking in the clubhouse. And we've seen him in the dugout on, on broadcast all the time. Scherzer seems like a guy who wants to be that team leader uh, that uh, among players. And um, it makes sense given his leadership role in the union and his lengthy, extremely successful career <laughs> that he yes. has. He has the uh, he has the numbers to back up being that guy. Yes, absolutely. But for another player to say that Bassett has anywhere near that as a guy they just traded for who um, has been very good, but he's not Max Scherzer. He's not right. Jacob deGrom. That, you know, that's uh, that's saying something. And again, I like pitching. So it's kind of cool seeing pitchers being team leaders and uh, not just being a good pitcher. Uh, right. And, and Bassett also has been very good about like – pointing things out to guys after starts and looking at tape of people. You know, he, he seems like he really is invested in not just improving his performance, but being a quality team player. And so that's the kind of guy I want on my team. I, I hate when people talk like that because that makes it seem like the personality is more important than the talent. And I would never, ever say that in a hundred years. But I, when given the choice between a guy who seems to be a, a good citizen in the clubhouse in terms of being good to his teammates and, you know, helping folks out and somebody who is going to be, you know, let's just say a Josh Donaldson. I'm going right. to go with Chris Bassett every time. Yeah. And even when Bassett and, and I know SNY played the hell out of the clip, um, at least for a few weeks, even when he said that, uh, you know, oh, I don't care who you are. I'm coming after you. Right. That, that line, uh-huh. he, he said it in a way that didn't come off as, as, I don't know, just not like a douchey tough guy. Right, right. Like he, he said it, it was firm, but I also didn't roll my eyes at it. Like he, right. <laughs> like it worked. It was just like, oh yeah, that that's great. You know, I'd love to hear that confidence and not like, oh God, this guy. Right. Yeah, he doesn't have that, uh, that like, I, I feel like his confidence is lacking the like toxic machismo we see around baseball sometimes. Yeah, that's a better way of saying what I said. <laughs> no, it, I, I just just no, it just is. It is. Heading on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, real time podcast editing. Please, please do that more. I, <laughs> oftentimes, I will start saying something, and I'll be like, "My, what's coming out of my mouth?" That there's like four steps before what 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 got me there. So. Mm-hmm. Any anytime you can help clarify, I will I will take it. <laughs> you don't need the help. Don't worry. Um, anything else from this week of Mets baseball you want to particularly highlight? Um, let's see. When Francisco Lindor hits a home run and the Mets are down by a lot of runs, don't don't say it's on clutch. I don't know if anybody is, but. <laughs> 
this is multiple times now that he's homered in games where they were down by a lot, and then all of a sudden they're not. Uh, right, exactly, yes. So I, I did see his home run in the, in the crazy game, for lack of a better term for it, and uh, I, was, I was just tired already from the previous night. Even though it didn't go that late, it was still a West Coast game, and then work, and then watching the Rangers. Uh, so I, it, I hadn't completely resigned the, the Mets to a loss, but I saw the home run. I thought, hey, maybe that's the start of something, and then I fell asleep. Uh, but I, I think it's totally fair for baseball teams to always try to score more runs. And when we see a bunch of hot-headed bullshit around that, it's ridiculous because uh, even if a pitch clock is introduced at the major league level, there is still no timer on the actual game. So uh, every run you can score, whether you're in a tight game or up seven or down seven or, or more, you just never know. Um, it it could end up mattering. So that that is what I love about the sport. And uh, it's my very long way of saying that I am grateful that Francisco Lindor hits home runs whenever <laughs> he hits them. Yes. Uh, he, he's also, he's starting to, uh, apparently, it seems like he's on the verge of a big month or so. He's heating up quite nicely right now. So let, let, let's all get ready to enjoy some Francisco Lindor in a way that we haven't had too many chances to as a Met just yet. And uh, can't wait to hear other people who constantly bag on him to make excuses for why he's having a good month. Yeah. Because you know what's coming. He's just a player that attracts attention in that way. Yeah. Well, Chris, I think we're ready for our music pick. Uh, you said you, you kind of had a story behind yours this week. Well, I, uh, I I burned my waking windows pick. Uh, well, it's not the only one because this one's also going to be related to that. But going into attending waking windows, um, I had picked the album by the Nude Party. And granted, there's been a whole other weekend uh, in between, but uh, I'm going with an album that I, I actually, uh, it just clicked for me a little bit more live there, uh, these songs. Uh, the band Dry Cleaning, the album is New Long Leg. It was on a bunch of, uh, you know, top albums, 2021 lists. Um, and yeah, I, on record, it's, it. Uh, I don't know, it just didn't hit me as much when I listened to it ahead of time. But seeing them play the songs live, mostly off this record um i liked it it it's not usually like my go-to style it's definitely uh like a post-punk type sound um some of the band dive or um oh god i always forget their name they changed their name from mets <laughs> yeah well no <laughs> didn't they change your name too or am i messing that up um, they, they may have, but Preoccupations was, was who I was thinking of. Ah, uh, yes, yes. You know, the, that, that very, like, led by the bass kind of sound. Mm -hmm. They were uh, Viet Cong, right? Preoccupations? Yes, yeah. Um, so, yeah, dry cleaning, new long leg, uh, and I don't know, I guess there was just a, t there's a song on it called John Wick, which, you know, that, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. Um, but songs that on the record i was maybe worried that the band would come off as 
a little pretentious and they totally did not in real life. I think that helped win me over. Um, because again, like baseball players, it's just nice when it's like, oh yeah, they, they don't seem like condescending assholes. They just, you know, they play a style of music that sometimes lends itself to that, but sure. But, uh, but yeah, no, they seem to genuinely uh, be having a good time up there and, and, uh, and yeah, so that is my record wreck for the week. All right. That's been on my to check out list for a few months now. So I'll have to check that out. Uh, my, so um, one of my favorite acts, one of my favorite jazz bands in particular is a band called The Bad Plus. They recently re- changed their lineup uh, to go from being a piano trio to being a quartet that has a saxophone and a uh, guitar in it. Guitarist Ben Monder, who played on David Bowie's Black Star, is in the band now. And I, they're releasing an album in September. They released the first single. I liked it quite a bit. And that's what got me thinking about this pick, which is uh, by the drummer for the Bad Plus. He has a, a band called the Dave King Trucking Company. His name is Dave King. And this is from their first record. This is their first record. came out in 2011. It's called Good Old Light. I, I like all three of the Trucking Company records. But this is my favorite one. And this features uh, saxophonist Chris Speed, who is now in the Bad Plus. But it's um, it's a ba- it's a guitar, bass, drums, and then two tenor saxophones band. And I really like the way that the saxophones are used. They oftentimes seem to be just as much of like an atmospheric duo than they are about like blowing solos and stuff like that. It's just very... I really enjoy the textures that come from the saxophones in this band. And Dave King is one of my favorite jazz composers working today. I think this record is at different times really exciting and really beautiful, mellow and difficult. It it goes through a lot of different moods and a lot of different sort of iterations. Plus, he is just hands down one of the best titlers of songs out there. Like there's a, a record on this called church clothes with wallet chain that's a great title for a song um april in gary i don't know i presume that means gary indiana i don't know but i always like his song titles they're they're very evocative even if i don't exactly know what they mean i think they always usually conjure up an image or something like that I, i appreciate that and uh yeah so i would recommend any of the dave king trucking company records but especially this first one good old light from 2011 and that is my pick for this week um in sort of an extended music pick section, uh, Chris, should we talk about what you and I are doing this weekend? Sure, yeah. Uh, attending Wilco's Solid Sound Festival. Yes. Uh, we know at least one listener will be there as well. If you are planning on attending Solid Sound, uh, you can tweet at either of us, and uh, we will do our best to meet up and grab a drink or a coffee or something and catch up for a few minutes. Uh, we'll both be there with our wives and uh other friends so i don't know how much actually we're going to be just like uh together i mean i, I hope i hang out with you a little bit chris yeah yeah but, yeah that is the hope <laughs> yeah um but so if, if you're if you're going to be there let us know we'll definitely find time to, to grab a drink or something because we love chatting with folks who are uh who are mets fans and who are music fans and who uh you know listen to the show we, we always appreciate meeting listeners so please please reach out to us um and if you want to reach out to us about other things, you can do so in a variety of ways. This podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, you can find it, rate, review, and subscribe to it. The comments do help us learn about what our listeners want to hear or not hear from this show. So 
Feel free to leave us a comment. You can also go to AmazingAvenue.com or you can leave a comment on this post or on any of the other posts on Amazing Avenue. We have lots of good stuff this week, including a great piece by our friend Thomas Henderson about uh, Luis Guillorme. You can uh, find Chris and I on Twitter. He is at Chris McShane. I am at Brian is an app. We hope to see you at Solid Sound. We hope to see you here back next week. And until next time, let's go Mets.